Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Globetrotten ADs podcast, a worldwide podcast for athletic directors, activity coordinators, coaches, and program associates based in international schools throughout the world. My name is Matt Fleming, and I will be one of your co-hosts for today's program. And my name is Nick DeForest. In episode two, which is our first real episode, I guess, we are going to talk about the reception received from episode number one. And welcome our first guest, Yone Karanko from IS Helsinki. Yeah, it was great. We had some positive reception and feedback of the first podcast. So many thanks to all the ADs we met up with in uh, the NIAAA conference in uh, Maryland. It was great to meet everybody, hear about their stories and what they had to offer for the first podcast. Uh, We had some nice retweets as well from the NIAAA folks spreading the word. We had a shout-out from Beyond the Bench, guys. Uh, so just really thankful for folks spreading the word about the podcast. We've had lots of offers and ideas, many people offering to be guests, uh, retweets, and sharing of the link. And yeah. I think the most helpful comment we got... <laughs> oh, I was, it was a, a great was... <laughs> uh, a, a great <laughs> suggestion from, from a few people, I must say. Um, a, a bit nicer than others. Um, Oh, if you go to the webpage after you're done listening to us, you'll see a new profile picture of myself. Um, so thanks for all the people that uh, thought I needed a friendlier uh, face. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say it was a definite upgrade. Yeah. yeah well, was, I was going professional, Matt. I didn't, you didn't want to do the selfie, but clearly <laughs> your way was uh, was a lot better. So. Well, just, just be sure to... <laughs> yeah, just burn that picture, whatever you did with it. Um, and also, we want to give a special thanks to our new sponsor, who will give you some information about uh, a little bit later, yeah. Coach yeah, very Evaluator. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So this week, our guest is Yanni Kronko. He's a Finnish national. And we'll hear from Yanni in his role at his school, at the International School of Helsinki. He'll be talking to us about his role as being an international school AD who's from the host country of where the international school is located. And he'll also get us a sneak preview and some information about the CETA conference, which will take place in Helsinki in March and some local specialties that'll be taking place. Before we get to Yane, let's introduce our new sponsor. Coach Evaluator is the premier coach evaluation software for schools and athletic organizations and preferred coach evaluation solution of the NIAAA and the Positive Coaching Alliance. The system is completely customizable with an always growing evaluation template library for athletic directors to reference. Coach Evaluator offers a built-in workflow tracking each coach evaluation from start to finish, including document uploads and email notifications. There are not only evaluations for ADs to use, but also self-evaluations and parent player evaluations of coaches. There is built-in detailed historical reporting allowing the athletic director to analyze their coach's performance over time. Learn more about digitizing and simplifying your coach evaluation process by visiting www.coachevaluator.com. Mention Globetrotten ADs to receive a $200 discount on the yearly rate. All right, welcome, Yane. Okay, thanks. Hey, Yane, uh, with all of our guests, We'd like to start off with just a bit of a profile and have you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and you know where you are right now, uh, where you've been before, and kind of how you got into the 
the AD job? Okay, so like uh, with Matt's introduction, uh, I work at the International School of Helsinki. And I pretty much worked there since uh, university. I also did my teacher training there. And uh, it's my 22nd year going currently. Oh. And working as a PE teacher first full time, then starting to develop our activities and athletics program from scratch. And uh, 2004, we joined CESA. And three years ago, we formed with a couple buddies from the Nordic region, we formed from the Nordic League. So uh, my background is international, so I wouldn't want to call myself a non-international because I'm a third culture kid. Uh, when I was nine months old, we moved to Africa and lived there for about six years, five, a little bit over five years uh, in Tanzania and Zambia. And then I came back to school in uh, Finland and started school here. And then we moved to Sri Lanka in the 80s and uh, lived there for a couple of years and then came back to Finland, stayed here for another three, four years for, before high school. And then I went to do a one-year exchange in uh, Minnesota, kind of wanted to explore the sports culture there. And uh, also just to get a vision about the American uh, school, high school mm -hmm. and graduated from there. And then uh, came back and year after graduated from Finland as well. So that's kind of my background from schooling. And then university-wise, I studied in uh, three different universities in Finland and then also in uh, De Montfort University in the UK. So that's the university education. And then did my teach training at the International School of Helsinki and kind of uh, got, got a job through that experience and uh, also them seeing that I was really keen on working there. Why I wanted to become an international educator is probably because of my background, being going to international schools and kindergartens and uh, American high school, British University, and uh, also coaching, playing a variety of different sports when I was growing up and still continuing to train and exercise on a regular basis. Wow, so you really are an international uh, person. And uh, I think in a unique situation how international you are, but being in your home country and teaching at an international school. Um, yeah, we actually have quite a few international schools in uh, Finland, but we are the only kind of uh, uh, money money school where you actually need to pay to all the other IB schools in uh, Helsinki area and other parts of Finland. They are pretty much uh, government schools and free. Free, And then there's also in Helsinki area, there's uh, quite a lot of competition. There's uh, also a Russian school, a Finnish French school, a German school, a European Union school, and uh, a few other specialized schools, like one comprehensive school that does the a and O levels for the UK system. Right. Yeah, I just want to backtrack for a second with your experience as a kid growing up uh, as a th third culture kid. So growing up as a non-national in other countries, um, when you came back to Finland, was it difficult for you to adjust to get back into the back into Finnish society or back into the Finnish school system as a kid? What was that like? 
Yeah, of course, transfer, uh, transformation or uh, is hard, hard as a child, uh, especially, I would say, in the 80s when there was no internet. So the world was much larger. Now it's much smaller because uh, you can keep in touch with people. So, of course, it was hard to re leave your friends uh, knowing that the next time you will talk to them or see them will be the summer holidays the year after. So it was it was hard, especially as a... I would say more upper elementary and uh, teenager, teenage years, and that's probably also why it's uh, kind of easy to step into international school world to teach and educate children because you kind of understand the uh, social emotional issues that are they're dealing with right. on daily basis. So that's good. It kind of gives you a leg up. In a school like yours is having lived through that yourself. Yeah, living the same kind of life, and uh, also, also when you are somewhere, let's say, posted with your parents in their suitcase, uh, you stay there, tend to stay there for two to three years and uh, make new friends, and uh, possibly even learn a new language at the same time. And uh, then when you come back to your home country, you gotta kind of uh, resettle and uh, pack your bags and go again. Well, it seems like you have uh, or had no problem adjusting to an international school, obviously, because you went to one and, and are so international. But being an AD in your home country, um, have you had any problems um, because you're a local? You know, maybe teachers moving in, uh, American teachers moving in, per se, and seeing a Finnish person as the athletic director. Have you, have you had any problems with that? Uh, I wouldn't see it as a problem. Of course, you know, personalities or chemistries can sometimes uh, be challenging but uh, I wouldn't see it as a I, I wouldn't see it as a problem uh, it's just kind of uh, learning learning to know know people coaches that are working with you and uh, kind of thinking of, of it as uh, every every single educator is uh, beneficial for the for the children and uh, students we teach because they bring their own insight and uh, kind of personality into the teaching. And that's very important because we want to also educate our youngsters to get to know and uh, get along with different types of people. Right. Yeah. So as a local Finn, um, you know, you've been there a long time and you've seen the program grow quite a bit over the years. So do you think it's, is it easier now or, or was it hard at the beginning or what are some of the, uh, growth issues you've gone through in your school as being a local helped or helped that process um definitely it's helped uh, helped a lot when i'm not like full-time teaching anymore so i've been able to like kind of balance my my job and uh, negotiate it so that uh, i still teach uh, which is pretty much my profession and i love those moments when i when i can teach a couple lessons a week and uh it keeps my profession going, but at the same time, then uh, the AD work, there's much more time and space for it as well. Plus also distant work days, uh, which are available or possible in Finland for any teacher, because uh, we don't uh, demand uh, teachers to stay on campus when they are planning their lessons. So pretty much if you're done at one o'clock on Friday, you can go home. You don't have to stay on campus and uh, do your planning there. You can go home or do it in a nearby cafe or start your weekend early. 
That's not bad. I think you. Uh, I think I've called you a few times, Yane, where you've you've been already gone for the day. What, do you work every day of the week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. AD work is pretty hectic, okay. and uh, of course it changes. Sometimes there are you. You guys probably know when you don't host tournaments, you have a little bit more time to think and then uh, plan ahead. But then when you're hosting, it's pretty much twenty four seven work. Sure. Getting getting the tournaments up and running. So that's pretty unique uh, situation you have with the, those finished labor laws and the, the flexibility they give teachers um, and, and educators who work in these schools. Do you, do you feel that's uh, an advantage? Definitely, yes. I've uh, actually kind of uh, calculated it roughly. So if I'm, let's say, on a given day, like Monday, for example, that's pretty uh, hectic email traffic usually. After the weekend, there's a lot of mails coming in and out. So if I would uh, actually answer the emails at work, uh, I wouldn't be able to finish them in one day. One while versus when I'm home, I'm probably working about three times more efficiently because no one's knocking on your door. <laughs> so it's just the efficiency is better that way when you are able to work. Uh, work what you you function the best of course there are some people that function well well you know multitasking so that they're able to work wherever in an open 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 office environment or open classroom environment and just plug out and maybe put your ear, ear earphones on or something like that but great way of uh how do you say appreciating teachers and uh giving them trust uh, trust in what they're doing and educators in general yeah a bit of a bonus for sure now sure. you had no t no problem adjusting obviously you know the local language um but but matt uh, i wonder what it was like for you you know coming to hungary um not speaking the local language what it was like that way Did you have any drawbacks or did people look at you differently when you came in there yeah, it was a, a lot different situation for me because coming, I was coming from, uh, you know, as an expat as well. I was coming from a, a smaller school and into a larger school, so that was probably the biggest challenge was uh, differences in programming. What what was going on in my, my my previous location in Latvia, which was a school of about 225 kids coming to American School of Budapest here, where it's about 900 students total from K through 12. I think that was the biggest biggest challenge was uh it wasn't it was it was more of an issue of frequency versus uh quantity as well so that was a huge challenge for me but being a local you know not local um it's different here because i'm, I'm fortunate to have a assistant who's hungarian and can speak the local language and has the contacts with the referees and with the the maintenance folks and everything i need to do on a day-to-day -day operation to make things run smooth Right, I think that would be the norm, right, for for an expat coming in to have a local uh, assistant or or someone in the office that can can make those calls for you. Yanni, yeah. do you do you have a, an assistant or maybe maybe a, an expat assistant? Uh, no, no, I actually don't. But uh, we've kind of divided. So at least the lower school, we have uh, two two coordinators who operate the lower school club. So I'm only dealing with upper school. But uh, regarding um, assistance or sectorial help, uh, the only thing I have is, uh, of course, obviously paying invoices for 
flights and uh, different things, but all the reservations and other than, other than that, I make myself. I mean, I think that's a huge, a huge bonus for me. I mean, I've been in Austria 20 years and, and speak German. Um, so I can, I can talk to local vendors. I can look up things on, on local websites and talk to our maintenance guys. But, you know, I'm, a, yeah. I'm also in an office of five people, three speak German and, and two don't. So I think if we don't have that resource, it, it could be pretty isolating in a, in a country. Definitely, yeah. So you got to have a, I'm fascinated by this, uh, the Finnish labor laws. I think they're, they're amazing. <laughs> um, I know you, you've, we've talked in the past about this. Uh, it's a policy for a leave of absence that you're eligible for as a Finn. And it, of course, it, it applies to your, your workplace there as well. You can take a leave of absence for a period of time. Uh, can you explain to the audience a little bit about that policy and how it works and what your plans are? Yeah, well, basically, uh, when you work for, you can take a unpaid sabbatical pretty much any time. And then uh, when you work for 20 years, the government uh, kind of uh, steps in and uh, pays part of your salary for a maximum of 180 days. They pay 70% of your salary as a kind of a reward for working long term. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been uh, planning now to take uh, mine my kind of semester off uh, next, uh, starting from actually this uh, December. Oh, wow. 2020, and then staying on for the second semester. And just kind of uh, doing other things that uh, in the hectic 80 world are not always so possible. And traveling around a bit. You must have traveled quite a bit already, Yanni. How many, how many countries do you think you've been to? Oh, currently? Yeah. I think I'm on my 90, 90 right now, so wow. closing up to 100. Wow. And, and we're talking here just into the new year. Were you, where were you over Christmas break? Oh, I just went to Vietnam and Cambodia and then Qatar. Nice. And then spent New Year's in uh, near, nearby Stockholm. Now he's going to run out of countries. That's also a great part when you meet people. Like uh, in Vietnam, uh, I have visited a former AD from uh, uh, Anglo-American School of Sophia. So I got to meet her and her husband and stay at her place while they were gone on holidays. So it was a pretty cool way of uh, experiencing uh, Saigon. Yana, you, you've been there so long, 22 years, and, and Matt and I have both been in our schools for quite a while. Um, is it uh, annoying at all when uh, new teachers come in, maybe each year and and they just don't know the local culture or don't know the way you do things at ish what's your what's that like for you well i don't i don't think it's annoying i think it's uh, actually probably part of the good thing of an international school that there is a transition if I, versus if i would work in a finnish school i would uh, pretty much teach with the same uh, people for 30 30 years, right. there's not a lot of change in uh, Finnish schools, not a lot of transition there. We actually are pretty steady, our school, we don't have that much transition at all currently. So uh, normally the foreign hires that come in, they um, have benefits, so they have a housing benefit and a flight benefit for maximum of five years. And after that, uh, if they, they don't have a connection to Finland, they'll leave or maybe leave leave after the three thirty or or so, 
But there have been uh, quite a few that have decided to stay just because the life in Finland is so well organized and uh, there are good laws and uh, teachers have uh, rights in Finland and they are trusted as educators. Yeah, we don't we don't have much turnover at our school either. A lot of a uh, lot of people retire, but I think Matt, you uh, you have a lot of new teachers each year. Hey, do you have a, a problem with that? I'm not really sure what the percentage is, but you know we we have a good mix. We got some people here who are who've been here quite a while, uh, myself included, probably I suppose, because we've been here about 12 years. Uh, but then you get you know you get other folks that come for they do their two year commitment and then they move on to another uh, another location. So. I'd say it's a bit of a mix here, but it's a good place to be here long term as well. I don't think we I don't think we get those really cool labor laws that apply for for Yanni. I'm, I I could take a leave of absence here for my job, but uh, it's not a guarantee I'd get my position back, and I wouldn't be supplemented for for my uh, missed time or, or for any pay. It'd be yeah. it'd be unpaid for sure. Yeah, same with us. Yeah. Well, I have a uh, one last question, maybe tough to answer, but. Um... If you think if you were running a school and you had a choice, uh, would you hire an AD that's from your host country, like you, Yane, uh, or bring in an expat like yourself, Matt, or or maybe bring in a foreigner but someone who speaks a local language like myself? What do you think? What's best, or does it matter? I think it really depends. It depends on um, the circumstances. Like, um, is is the country like? Uh, bilingual or trilingual in Finland it's not usually a problem uh, because pretty much everyone speaks English of course if you want to negotiate better deals it helps to helps to know Finnish Mm -hmm. so you have a connection uh, network within Finland for different sports uh, facilities and uh, activities places and uh, you kind of know where to ask from and uh, then uh, if you work in, a, I would say, in a maybe Eastern Bloc country, it might be good to have uh, in the activities and athletics office someone who speaks the local language is pretty essential, I would say, in, uh, for example, Russia, because of the, the visa issues and sure. very technical technical things that you need to know. Right. And you need Rus- Russian language to know that. Well, that's a great answer, Yanni. Thanks for uh, giving us the insight about your position as a an international, per- or sorry, as a local person working in uh, an international school in the host country. Um, I think we're pretty fortunate in our CISO organization. We have a good mix of people who are expats as well as locals who are working uh, in their schools as a local person in these positions. Uh, so it's a unique insight, and thanks for uh, giving those today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Let's take a quick ad break. If your school is in the market for bespoke sportswear, look no further than Cookery Sports. Cookery has evolved over the last 20 years from a bespoke sportswear manufacturer into a true sportswear partner, firmly believing in the value of sport at all levels. Bespoke teamwear forms a unique part of an individual's sporting story and represents a lasting link to their time in sport. Kukri are proud to play a part in that journey. Every individual can build their own legacy. Kukri Sports creates a sportswear range that inspires 
as well as performs. Start your journey today. Email the team at contact at cookerysports.com. Okay, so another great reason to have you on the on the podcast, Yane, is the upcoming CISA conference. And uh, Matt and I organized the, the PD for the for ADs and coaches, but this year's conference is in Helsinki. So we just wondered if you could tell us and, and everybody listening what people can expect when they come to Helsinki. Yeah, so uh, welcome to, to the CISA conference uh, in Helsinki. I believe it's the uh, 25th uh, CISA conference, so it's a bit of a celebration as well. And the theme is uh, Future of Learning, uh, Inclusive, Challenging and Engaged of the conference. And it's also very, very good to have a separate program for the ADs and coaches, including uh, Mark Hall's uh, workshops, uh, as well as the NIAAA. The conference will take place at the Marina Congress Center. That's located really central downtown, right next to the sea. And pretty much all the windows are visible to the sea, so it's a... Great venue and the hotel for the conference is right across the street from the conference center. And we're expecting about 500 participants in total to the conference, so it's going to be pretty massive. And uh, the 80 spring meeting regarding uh, that always takes place during the conference will not actually be be taking place there but we will take a bus uh, about 50 minute drive from Helsinki to one of the sports institutes that Finland is very famous of. We have uh, I think there are probably around uh, 12 to 15 sports institutes around Finland that are all specialized in different sports. Okay. So all the ADs get to see see one of these uh, purpose-built facilities. And what are the sports uh, specialized at this facility? Uh, these facilities uh, specialized in uh, Finnish basketball, uh, national teams, uh, training center, as well as curling and uh, rhythmical gymnastics and a few other minor sports. So will the 80s get, uh, get to try anything out while they're there, Yone? Yeah, yeah, we've actually planned the program so that, uh, of course, the meeting is the main part, but then uh, we will have also a chance to go uh, after lunch for a little session of curling. Okay. And we can make uh, some funny teams. For example, Canadians can be a team team on their own if they want <laughs> to. Maybe we'll form a Baltic team to compete against them. Will the Baltics have an advantage because of the their locations up there up north and the, and the frigid temperatures? Is curling a regular thing up there? Yeah, curling is uh, is regular, yeah, but it's not that popular of a sport from the ice sports. Okay, Finland's more known for ice hockey and uh, uh, ringette for women. They're like uh, six, seven times world champions in a row. Okay, so they still play ringette in Finland. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty pretty massive. But hockey is catching up for women as well. So, so mentioning hockey, I mean, to any anyone that comes to the conference, not a, a CISA AD, uh, would there any be hockey going on in the city? Any live games to watch or? Yeah, 
mid-March, we are in the playoff season in both KHL. There's a team that plays in the KHL, so they might be already eliminated. Who knows? But then uh, the Finnish league should be taking place. Uh, but then it depends if they have a home, ga- home game during those days. But hopefully there would be a game either on the Thursday evening uh, or Saturday. Okay. With, with that, about how many people attend one of those games, you think? If it was a, if it was a local match, not KHL. Yeah, well, KHL, uh, it fits about 14,000. Wow. The rink uh, and then the Finnish league, uh, Helsinki team has about 9,000. So it's a bit cool. smaller. So, Yanni, with all this, uh, all the CSA activities going on, are you part of um, like a planning committee for your your school, or are you like a steering committee that's helping CSA organize things there in Helsinki? Well, what I've what I've agreed to be is uh, kind of a local uh, resource person. So, I've given uh, the steering committee some uh, hints about. Uh, keynote speakers and uh, other workshop leaders from the Finnish educational side, as well as organizing the AD, AD meeting. And then uh, a few other stuff, for example, uh, the <coughs> the CISA Gala, the venue for the Gala, negotiating things like that. So you have some local Finnish folks that will be there leading workshops? Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that, if so? Yeah, so we'll have a, like a kind of a Finnish uh, strand on Friday afternoon. So there's a possibility to know, get to know what Finland's known for in the educational world. For example, tech and uh, practical, practical skills for like uh, lower school, lower school students that are very, very high here, as well as uh, business thinking uh, into more high school level. How to incorporate business uh, business with school? Huh. Like huh. business education programs, or yeah, basically, programs? basically this Finnish company that uh, called TAT that has uh, basically uh, formed this uh, world business village for schools concept, and they have a few other things as well that they have sold to many schools around the world. So the executive director from that company is coming to run a workshop and then one of the keynote speakers is also a really well-known Finnish uh, lady called Linda Liukas uh, who has written a book about how to get more girls into the tech side because it's very heavily uh, male populated uh, industry so she has written a book called Hello Ruby and she, she'll be one of the keynote speakers very very uh, interesting person to listen to she also runs in, in the conference as well. You mentioned at the beginning the uh, Mark Hall from 3D coaching and the NIAAA classes. And uh, for anyone out there that, that's interested in coming to the CISA conference, um, it's all online. It's uh, CISAconference.com and that's C-E-E-S-A, conference.com. And uh, we'll offer three LTC courses and Mark Hall will... We'll have four different workshops, and uh, the timing and everything is all there online. So if you want to come and see Helsinki, uh, maybe see some hockey, and uh, get some great PD, 
I think, Yana, you'd be uh, happy to welcome 80s from all over the world, huh? Yes, indeed. Everyone's more than welcome to come and uh, visit our country. And uh, one one bonus bonus thing also is if you're interested in seeing like different schools uh, on Friday afternoon, there's going to be a couple excursions. So one of them will be to a local Finnish school that you get to see facilities that they, they use while, while they are on the top of the ranking of the PISA studies. What they do differently there compared to other schools and international schools, as well as also another excursion to the architecture school for children, oh, which cool. is a very, very interesting place. Cool. Yanni, I have a, a question about uh, the Finnish education system. It, it's not really related to our sport program or our activities, or it might be, I'm not sure. But uh, one, of the, one of the topics I, I'm familiar with or have heard about in, in the Finnish educational system is they start, kids who start schooling typically don't start until a little bit more later on in their, their early childhood years. Is that correct? Yep, that's true. We, st we start school at seven. There's also a preschool that starts at six, but uh, the mandatory comprehensive school starts at age of seven. And even then, when you start at uh, the age of seven, the school days are really short. So the kids would uh, normally have about uh, three or four 45 minute periods a day. Uh, so the week is very short for them. So we don't burn the kids out from the beginning. Okay. And what? they have a chance to do some uh, creative learning on their own, as well as uh, take part in uh, after school activities and uh, sports clubs outside of the outside of the school what's the what's kind of like the philosophy of that or, or why why does the educational system choose to do that i think it's basically because it's very very liberal and liberal thinking and also like even for teachers as well it's uh, pretty liberal this the educational model so you don't we don't have any kind of like accreditations for school for example so all the schools, they follow the curriculum in the best way that they see. And uh, there's full trust on the educators and they are not evaluated. Uh, there might be like a, like once a, once a year, there might be a talk uh, just to see like uh, what are your goals, personal goals, but you don't need to be uh, assessed uh, how, you are, how you are teaching. Each individual teacher does it their way. And... Uh, Full, full trust is given on those teachers. And how does your school fit into the, a local Finnish school? Are you, do you have to abide by some of the Finnish rules and regulations? None of them? All of them? Well, we are given a little bit more uh, flexibility. All, the only thing we have to obey is the 190 contact days with students. And then certain like holidays are, uh, how do you say, res uh, restricted or... Mm -hmm. Mandatory. Mandatory, so like uh, autumn break has to be at a certain time and the winter break has at a certain time and then the school year has to end at, end at the end of May. Right. And how does that so, impact your sports and activity programs? Um, it's a little bit complicated, but mo mostly it works pretty well. So the leagues are pretty much balanced according to different schools, so they're able to take part that we we do we do CSA and then we also have a lot, 
a local kind of a Nordic International Schools League that we started up three years ago. Okay. Cool. Well, Yanni, maybe to uh, end our session with you, um, to anyone that may be thinking of coming to Finland either for the conference or or just to, as a tourist, um, what would you recommend? Any uh, What's the food you have to eat when you come to Helsinki or Finland or, or the beer or the, the drink you have to drink? Tell us some insider tip. Okay, so uh, yeah, definitely you have to try, uh, if you come to the conference and you stay at uh, the Grand Marina Hotel, uh, about five minute walk from there, there is a place called Sea Pool. So they have uh, wood-burning saunas as well as uh, you can uh, go outside and swim. Mm -hmm. uh, it, there's a cold water pool that's kind of covered with ice if there is ice at that time in mid mid March. And then there's also like a heated pool and you get to see the whole downtown area and uh, pretty cool experience. Uh, for the 80s, uh, we'll go to the Sports Institute and in the evening you'll get to go to a proper lakeside town uh, and also take a dip in a lake that's uh, fully frozen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sauna culture, big part of Finland. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Cool. And uh, definitely food. There are uh, a lot of good restaurants in the downtown area. And uh, I'm not a big meat eater myself, uh, but uh, reindeer, they've said it's uh, pretty pretty good and uh, very, very very healthy as well, okay. uh, low cholesterol uh, uh, meat. So if you're interested in trying out some reindeer, yeah. go for that and mashed, mashed potatoes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have another question about the sauna culture. I know that's a big part of Finland. Any, uh, anything you can offer about that? Some background information for our listeners? Uh, well, sauna culture is really big here, and I, I would say in Scandinavia as well, like Sweden and Finland, and uh, a little bit also in Nor Norway. And uh, a lot of people, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it's about 60% of Finns have access to a sauna. Like either they have it in their apartments, or they have a common sauna in the apartment building that they can, uh, you know, have an hour or two. Uh, each week and besides these there are also communal saunas in uh, different areas of uh, Helsinki for example where you can go and uh, just pay entrance and uh, have a sauna for example uh, I live here close to the harbor there's a, a brand new sauna here that fits about 15 people in uh, in the men's section and women's section there are also some saunas that are mixed but uh, it's not so common as in uh, Austria or or Germany, the co-ed saunas in Finland, unless it's a private sauna, then it's different. And uh, the difference also in Finland compared to like North American saunas uh, and people, we do actually go there naked. So that's the <laughs> that is the difference. Unless it's a co communal co-ed sauna, then I think it's even uh, mandatory to wear wear trunks. So this is an activity that helps folks get through those cold, dark winters up there. Yeah, I guess it gives them a little feeling, a feeling of heat at least. Maybe not sun, but but when you when you come to the CISA conference, it's uh, mid March, so the days are getting longer then. So then uh, there will be some sun already in mid March. So, so Matt, you threw in that question about the education system just as a as a ruse to get to the real 
to real what you wanted to know about Finland, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you got to work it in somehow. <laughs> so you don't need to pack your bathing suit when you come. All right, Yadi, uh, one more last super important question. Uh, one of the traditions we have in our ADAC group and our CISO organization is that you have a karaoke <laughs> evening. Uh, any particular plans or anything special for Finn and Helsinki for the CISA conference? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was actually thinking maybe one idea might be to have it at the lakeside sauna whenever, when only, when only 80s are present there, I could try to, I could try to see if we could arrange a karaoke machine there. You don't want um, anyone else to hear your voice, Yanni. Is that, <laughs> is that why? And actually, a matter of fact, the karaoke is really popular in Finland. I think Finland is uh, probably the similar to Japan and uh, China and uh, Philippines in uh, in Europe. Uh, there is a karaoke place in every single suburb in uh, in Helsinki and downtown. Oh, wow. There's tons of places to go to, and uh, there is actually one just behind the Grand Marina Hotel where the conference is taking yeah. place. There's a really really good one within walking walking distance where for example Kimi Raikkonen goes quite often when he's on holidays here he likes to sing as well okay well I'm definitely not a karaoke pro like uh <laughs> like Matt uh and couldn't really answer this question but Yanni what would be your go-to karaoke song then <laughs> well definitely since you guys are in Finland I would probably have to sing something in Finnish to make right it sound. then we wouldn't well, know if it if you're doing a good job or not exactly yeah. what about you Matt uh, I think I'm gonna have to go for uh, up in in Helsinki. I would say uh, take off the Great White North. There you go. No, I, I have to think on that one. All right, <laughs> sounds good. All right, buddy. Well, you were an awesome host to me uh, when I stayed with you a few years ago, and uh, I especially am looking forward to being back in Helsinki in a few months. Great, welcome. Yeah, and I know I know Yanni will do a great job. He's a he's a great host, and uh, for those of you who are thinking of coming to Helsinki, we'd say definitely do it. You'll you'll get a lot of uh, PD uh, PD wise, but also a great cultural experience, uh, a lot of fun, and uh, interesting place to go to for sure. All right, well, Yanni, thanks thanks for being our our first guest on the Globetrotten Eighties podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, Scott, and good luck with your podcast. Hopefully, a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, listen to it and uh, read article future articles there. All right, thanks, Yanni. All right, thanks again, Yanni, for his insights and information about Helsinki and his role as an AD there, and also the information he gave us about the upcoming CISA conference. We look forward to it. Thanks again to everybody for spreading the word about the Globetrotten ADs. We appreciate it, and we look forward to the next episode and sharing more. Yeah, and when, when this episode ends in a few seconds, if you want to head over to globetrottenads.com, you can take a look at the survey results from the International AD Survey that I conducted last year. And Thanks to Coach and AD Magazine for including the article on their website. And I, I hope it's... Uh, interesting and and useful and just like this podcast hope we continue to spread the word and grow this global community yeah be sure to check it out some useful information there and well done nick for that survey thanks again all right
Thanks and see you next time. Ciao.